Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you, Jake. Well, good morning to the brave people who weren't even scared to get out today. Good morning to you guys. I'm really glad to see y'all today. I can't wait to get into God's Word, so I want you to get your Bible open to Judges chapter number 6, Judges in the Old Testament, near the very front of the Bible, Judges chapter 6, verse 33. I'm going to leave that up there for a second so that you can find your place in the Bible. Man, I'm excited about this today. Uh, You know, the Bible says that there are signs all around us. Do you know that? It, it, it lets us know there's signs all around us. And, and the signs around us point us to Jesus, and the signs also tell us of the times that we're in. And uh, I, I do have a question, though, for you. I'm going to ask you the question first. Is it okay, though, to ask God for a sign? I mean, if you feel unsure about something, should you ask God for a sign? And can you ask God for a sign? And, and, and if, you, if you do need to ask God for a sign, or if it's okay, then when should you actually do that? Here's another question I want to ask you. Is asking God for a sign meaning that you lack faith, that you are faithless? All right, a lot of good questions out there, but here, here's, here's the bottom line. If you really believe you're on a mission from God, How in the world can you make sure that you're on the right track? Well, today we're going to be talking about that. Because really, I've had those questions asked to me on multiple occasions, and and I've I've heard those questions over and over, and and a lot of times I'll have to sit down and and talk about it, and I'm always glad to do that. But, but, But what I decided to do as I was preparing for this, I said, I wonder what's like out there. When you want to know what's out there, you go to the internet. And so I, I, um, posted a few, I, I didn't post anything, I, I put out a few little uh, statements out there into search engines to see what would pop up, and I was absolutely amazed at the crazy amount of information that's here, that was out there, and almost everything contradicted each other. I mean, I saw stuff that would say, if you ever ask God for a sign, you're in sin, and you're not even a Christian. And other people saying, yes, you should ask God for signs on every single little thing all the time, and, and then everything in between. And, and if you read, sometimes, you know what, if you read the stuff that's actually out there on the internet, you're going to be really confused. And, 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 and then you have to remember, it doesn't take much intelligence to buy a, a little uh, portion of the Internet, you know, buy yourself a little website and just start putting up your opinions. And that's what a lot of stuff is out there. And so we really need to clarify some things. Because really, the questions that I just asked you, they're really very, very relevant questions. And, and, and they come from people who want to pursue God, people who want to please God, people who want to follow the Lord. So today we're continuing with this, uh, this story from the, li- the life of a man by the name of Gideon. And, and Gideon is a man who actually asked God for specific signs, and he did it three different times in the passage. We, we talked about one a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, but we, we, he asked God for signs. So what, did, what happened when he asked God for signs? Well, God did so. God did so. In fact, that's the title of today's message. God did so. 
So, and, and those, those three words are actually taken directly from the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at here in a few minutes. See, in other words, God gave him the signs that he asked for. And so we're going to dive into a controversial topic today. And I ask you to hold out to the end to make sure that you understand completely what I'm saying. Because, uh, because I believe this can be really, really encouraging to you. Now, this is part of a larger series called the Occupy Spirit. Because... That's what we're called to do. We're called to occupy. In fact, occupy is our theme for this year, and, and I'm challenging you to adopt the occupy spirit in your life to soar forward. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, that you're supposed to uh, just just uh, just like stake yourself out. Like there was a movement several years ago. A bunch of people were here in Burnett Park, and they were called the Occupy people, and they came to occupy Burnett Park, and they they were out there, and and uh, and it was just a mess. And they tried coming over, taking over the building a few times. We had to say no, occupy somewhere else. You know, just it was like it was it was just I'll just tell you guys, it was weird. Sometimes you hang around downtown, you're gonna see a lot of weird stuff. I don't know why all the weird stuff ends up right here in this neighborhood, but you just walk around the streets. Some of you guys who live downtown. You know what I'm talking about. You see it all the time. But uh, man, that was just a weird thing. And, and they, one time, yeah, they literally said they were going to come occupy this building. I'm like, oh no, you're not. <laughs> so, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the Occupy spirit, it has everything to do with, uh, with it's, it's really launched off of a scripture that's our theme scripture for the year. It's Luke 19, 13, where Jesus said, occupy till I come. Occupy. What that means, it means to serve. It means to take action. It means to do certain things until Jesus returns. So to occupy doesn't mean that you're just going to like hold your own either. It doesn't mean that you're going to like try to take up space. But it, but, but it, it means that you're going to do business. You're going to, in fact, the, the working definition that we have here is, is right up there on the screens. It says to do business and grow the investment God gave you. Work until Jesus returns. And if you don't have that definition written down yet, I encourage you to get it. Occupy means to do business and to grow the investment God has given you and to work until Jesus returns. In fact, the Bible says, here's what's awesome, you are going to be rewarded according to, in, in eternity, you're going to be re rewarded according to the degree that you actually did this, to the degree that you did business and you used the investment that God has given you. And, and how you used the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and how you listened to and confirmed and followed the voice of God. So that's why we're talking about these things today. Now, in this series so far, as we've been looking through the life of Gideon, uh, we've, we've found a lot of encouragement already on how to occupy, uh, how to grow our investment with, uh, that God has given us, how to work until Jesus returns. So a quick little recap on the story of Gideon. You can start reading at the very beginning of, of uh, Judges chapter number 6. But Israel was under this extreme oppression uh, from the nation of Midian. And they were coming in stealing their crops and their livestock. So the people were literally now like moving into the hills and into the mountains. And they were living in caves and little shelters that they had built because these, these outsiders were coming in and just ravaging like the scripture says, like a swarm of locusts. So God's people cried out to the Lord. And then what ended up happening is God then came and visited a man. He visited this man by the name of Gideon. And God gave Gave him a plan and told him he was going to use him and anoint him to reverse this curse that was on Israel. In other words, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to invest my spirit in you and I want you to occupy. So 
You have to understand, though, Gideon was probably the most unlikely candidate that you could imagine would be asked for to do this, uh, but God declared over him that he was a mighty man of valor, that he was a mighty warrior. God gave him this new identity. He's going, whoa, like, that's me? I'm a farmer boy. You know, I, that, that's not me, but God spoke these words over him, and and. Uh, and, and, you know, God, God gave him this new identity, basically saying you need to stop identifying with the lack, stop identifying with the oppression, stop identifying with the family name that you've been given, saying you're not good enough. You need to stop identifying with your low economic position and, and, and your lack of reputation and start identifying with what I've spoken over you. Now, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, whoever said that's good, you're right. That's good because that's what we need to put into our lives because God's spoken over us as well. Well, God had said, okay, you're, 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 I'm going to be with you, and you are going to save Israel out of the hand of Midian. So Gideon, you have to understand, though, he was a very, very timid guy, he, uh, and, and he wasn't quite sure about all this, so God spoke over him, and he said, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, so, so God said, start tearing down some idols, and he tore down this idols of, of Baal and Asherah, and he made everybody so angry, I mean, people in the city wanted to kill him, and then his dad, who was even an idol worshiper himself, in fact, he tore down his own dad's idols, which is kind of, kind of interesting. So, so he, 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 uh, his dad then rises up and, and he confirms actually the word that God had spoken to Gideon and said, no, this is good and, and, and you're not going to kill Gideon. In fact, if anyone tries to kill Gideon, you're going to kill, you know, we're going to kill you. So, so the people back down. It was quite an intense thing. I, I would have kind of loved to have seen that whole in, interaction and engagement there. So what the people of the community did for him is because he stood up against the idols, Listen to this. They gave him a mocking nickname. They, they named him uh, this, this name which just made fun of him. And it's recorded in Judges 6.23. It says, because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerub Baal that day, saying, let Baal contend with him. And if you keep reading, when, as you continue reading this, his story, occasionally he'll, his name will be Gideon. Other times you're going to see him being called Jerob Baal because they just left that name stuck on him. See, here, here's, here's the truth. Whenever you decide to occupy and you're going to stand up for God, you're going to stand up for the things of God, there will be people who will mock you. There will be people who are going to make fun of you and say things about you because what you're doing is you're standing up for God and they don't like that. So that's my encouragement to you, but now we're going to go a little deeper into his story, all right? You got your Bibles ready? Judges chapter 6, verse 33. Let's dive in. Let's start reading the Word of God. It says, now... All the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Okay, now these were the people who were uh, raiding Israel. And they, keep in mind, they, they know nothing about what's happening with Gideon. They don't know anything. They're, they're, they're the foreigners. They're the bad guys, all right? They were just basically getting poised to sweep in and plunder God's people again. Little, little, little word here for those of you who feel like your life is being plundered. What's in this story is for you as well, all right? There, you have to stand up to the plunderer ultimately, which is hell itself. Okay, keep reading. It says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I love that. And he blew a trumpet. See, and he summoned the, the uh, Abizrites 
to follow him. Now, the Abiezrites were Gideon's clan that was a part of his, uh, the tribe of Manasseh. So he blew this trumpet. He, the, the anointing of God came over him, and he picks up this trumpet, and he starts blowing it. And the people. So at that time, when someone blew a trumpet, they came around, and they probably came around and was like, G- G- Gideon? <laughs> what you doing, boy? Gideon, Gideon of all people. But you see, the anointing of God was on him, and they didn't react negatively. They began to, to react positively. Uh, so so it, it's powerful what God's anointing will do if we'll let it happen. Keep reading. It says, he sent messengers throughout Manasseh. That's the whole, uh, let's just call it the whole state that he lived in. That's his family group. Calling them to arms. He also went into Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, so they went up to meet him. So basically it's four tribes, or let's just kind of like say four states total of the people. They got these messengers out, and people started swarming in, all right? These are people who lived all across the northern part of Israel, and, uh, and it, was, it was just a powerful movement. So you, just, just a little note here. It's powerful how the Holy Spirit can actually transform a shy, young fearful man to literally persuade other men (laughs) from four different tribes to take action against the plunderers, to come together and say, the plundering will stop, enough is enough, and we're putting our foot down. And that's what God will do in your life if you're you're willing to lean into his anointing, lean into his Holy Spirit, all right? See, because they're they're now, he's calling them basically to occupy. All right, look, keep reading. It says, Gideon said to God, now, things shift a little bit because the people are starting to come in. People are swarming in. They're ready to stop the plundering. So Gideon gets along with God. He says, okay, God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, reminding him, God, you promised, (laughs) look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. Okay, a threshing floor was like a hard surface where they would beat the wheat and and separate it from the chaff so it was like this hard beaten down uh soil and uh it says i i'm gonna place a wool fleece on the threshing floor if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry then i will know that you will save israel by my hand as you said so He did this because he really wanted to be certain that he had heard from God that God was going to be with him because he knew he did not have his own power to do this. Even though already God is working through him, the anointing of God was on him, and people are starting to come together, he just said, God, I I, I need a sign. Look at verse 38. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. Of course, he's going to get out of bed to see what's going on out there. And he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, and it was a bowl full of water. In other words, the fleece was drenched, and the ground all around it was dry. So it's a miracle. I mean, God answered through a sign. But Gideon, kind of like you, not, not like me, but like, maybe like you, he needed another sign. I would never, you know. <laughs> okay, so, so Gideon said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Pause there. You know what? There's nowhere in the scriptures does God ever get angry with people for making requests. Nowhere. In fact, several times people say, okay, God, don't get angry. But God has never gotten angry about making requests. Just, just something to think about there. He says, allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. 
So this, understand, this would be an even more profound miracle because it's actually, the the other one could have been possible, but this, there's no way, there's no possible, there's no way that that could actually happen. And look at that, look at that. That night, three words, you see it? God did so. That night, God did so, which is the title of the message. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with do. So Gideon, he's moving forward on his calling from God. He's already displayed massive, huge faith, and he's tore down these idols. He's rallied men from four other tribes to come out here. So, so keep in mind, Gideon was not lacking in faith. He wasn't, but appears that he was also being very, very careful and deliberate. See, Gideon I believe he didn't want to go out on a limb and take all these people into battle and do something stupid saying, well, God told me to do this, and here we are in the field, you know. And, and, I, and I just want to be candid with you. I've seen things like that happen a lot of times. Well, God told me to do this, so well, here we are. I, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's go back to that original question. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? And here's the answer, yes and no. See, you get two answers. I, I, I don't want you just to have one. You need two answers here. Now, I know, again, there's plenty of controversy surrounding this, so let's look, first of all, at the no answer, all right? Let, let's, let's look at the no answer, first of all. Now, again, is it okay to ask God for a sign? Here's the answer. Not if common sense tells you the answer. You see that? Okay, that's really important. That's really important. It's not okay to ask God for a sign when the real answer is right there as plain as day. God expects you to use the brain he's already given you. He's not your genie. You don't need to wake up in the morning, God, I need a sign from you as to whether I should inhale oxygen or not. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm telling you, man, I, being, a, being a pastor, you run into some weird stuff. And, and, but, but please understand this. Back when Jesus was on the earth, Jesus, so Jesus is God in the flesh, he had to deal with that kind of stuff. And, and so there, these religious leaders came up to him, and this happened on two occasions. And, and these were guys who had a deep understanding of the scriptures. I mean, they had a good handle on the word of God. And so they began to test him. And we see one of these instances in Matthew chapter number nine, 16. Now, what I'm about to read to you is totally different from what Gideon actually did because Gideon asked God to confirm his, his, his word and these guys are not, they're actually testing God. Gideon was not testing God. God, in fact, God never corrected Gideon and said, you are so out of hand asking for a, a sign. No, see, he didn't do that. But the guys in Matthew 15, 16, they were playing games with Jesus, and look how he responded. Matthew 16, verse 1, I'll put it on the screens here for you. It says, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. Jesus replied, dude, I mean, I, I think he said that. It, it's in the original Greek, I, I think. I think it's there. <laughs> I think it's there. I'm not, not sure. I think it's there. When evening comes, you guys say, it will be fair weather because the sky is red. And in the morning, today will be stormy because the sky is red and overcast. And he says, You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times? Basically saying, 
you have the scriptures, you have the evidence already in the scriptures that I am the Messiah, that the signs are already in the scriptures, the signs are happening all around you. I mean, he, this was like a duh moment, all right? He says, now, but he does get, get rough with him. He said, oh, Jesus would never get rough. Oh, yeah, he did. He said, a wicked and adulterous generation, calls them wicked and adulterous, these are the religious leaders, looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jodah. Now, a lot of people have taken that out of context and said, if you ask God for a sign, you're wicked and adulterous, and that's not correct. He's talking about a group of people at a specific time. They're, they're questioning whether he was the Messiah or not. He says, yeah, you're going to get a sign, but the sign is going to be the sign of Jonah, which means that he's going to be in the tomb for three days, just like Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days. And so, so Jesus just walked away from him, went away. So they were challenging Understand, they were challenging God in the flesh to try to prove that he was the Messiah. And, and, and they didn't need another sign. They didn't need another sign. They needed to go ahead and go back to the scriptures, the word of God, and discern what the scriptures were already saying about him. So back to the original question. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? Well, not if the answer is already in the Word of God. You don't need a sign if the answer is in the Word of God. That's why we need to be in the Word, all right? See, asking for discernment for God's will, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. We need signs. Um, you know, it's like, like if you're going down the highway, you're saying, well, am I going the right way? Uh, but, 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 uh, but you don't need signs for the obvious. You don't actually need a sign on the road that says, you are now driving on a road. Oh, I am. I needed that sign. No, you didn't. Like, you knew. Like, you, just, you just already knew. That's common sense, all right? But they were asking Jesus to prove that he was really the Son of God by performing bigger and larger and more incredible miracles than he was already performing when all along they had the scriptures and the signs that were in the scriptures to say that he was the son of God. Keep in mind, these were experts in the scriptures. A totally different situation than what we see with Gideon. Now, let me just do some chatting here. I'll I'll be candid with you. There are a lot of what I would just call JV players out there spouting opinions on this topic. I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone else, but I'm, I'm, I'm not JV. I'm just not JV. <laughs> Junior varsity, in case those of you have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> you see, they're making opinions that are not supported by the weight of scriptures, and they're taking little scriptures out of context here and there, and they're making these opinions, and they're writing things, and they're even saying and proclaiming things and doing videos on things, and it's confusing a lot of believers. And, and I just want to stand up to all that and say that's, that's, that's just ridiculous. I want to say, where are your credentials and who, you know, who has given you the right to say the things that you're saying? There's a lot of that that's out there. See, because one of the things that I saw, because I, I looked into this, and I was, re- I was really shocked by what I saw. So obviously this is a big question that's out there. Can we ask God for signs? And, and one of the biggest things that I saw is this opinion that God gets really annoyed with people when you ask God for something or ask God for signs. The God's just going to get really annoyed with you. They're basically taking their own attitude, thinking, well, I would get annoyed if people would do that. So obviously God does too. So God is annoyed. And so they'll write these whole things about how, how people annoy God. Like, it's not in the word of God. And you know what I believe? It's just my opinion. I believe that people who are saying those things, they have trouble with the supernatural in general. And so they just push back on anything that even smacks of supernatural. 
because nowhere in the scripture is anyone uh, corrected for asking for signs except for the experts in the scriptures when they were trying to, to say, Jesus, show us and prove to us that you really are the Messiah. You see? So when is it appropriate to ask God for a sign? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're, we're going we're gonna to deal with that. Before you ask God for a sign, I think it's critical that you make sure that you're listening to God before you even consider asking God for a sign. Make sure you're listening to God. Uh, what I did the other day is I just started putting together a random list as I kind of thinking and probing, okay, what are the different ways God speaks to us? And, and, uh, and I know you can say, well, there are one, God speaks to us through the Bible. Well, that is one. But God speaks to us biblically, and this is all biblical. God speaks to us through so many different ways. So here's just a little bit of a list that I put together. God speaks in audible voices sometimes. He does. God speaks in a whisper. God speaks in dreams. God speaks in visions. God will speak through very strong uh, uh, impressions. God speaks through the scriptures. God speaks through prayer. God speaks through the word of wisdom. The Lord speaks to us through the word of knowledge. God speaks to us through prophecy. God speaks to us through preaching. God speaks to us through solid Christian believers. God speaks to us through creation. God speaks through us through signs. God speaks to us through wonders. God speaks to us through worship. God speaks to us through circumstances. God speaks to us through angels. God speaks to us through, uh, through mature godly counsel. But God will never contradict the scriptures and he will never tell you to do something that doesn't line up with his character or the word of God. See, a lot of people have done or are doing some outlandish things saying, God told me. And, uh, and, and I'm not... I'm, yeah, I, I could pick on any group of people, but you know, I, the easiest one to pick on would be would be preachers because that's kind of like my world. Well, God told me this and God told me that. I'm like, dude, you know, you know, hold on for just a second, because a lot of people are saying God God told me something, but there's no confirmation. I think you need to go for the confirmation before you start looking for a sign. You, you can't just say, well, I just like popped the Bible open and I found this random scripture where, where Jesus was, was doing ministry and he told people to sit down in groups of 50. So the Lord told me to get 50 people together to go sit in the park and we're gonna do this until Jesus returns. Okay, guy, you're weird, man. It's just, no, 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 no. That, God didn't tell you to do that. You, and you can't trust every emotion or feeling either because our emotions and feelings lie to us. I mean, sometimes you feel like, I just want to just ram my car into that other person. I felt that once. But was that the right thing to do? Did I hear from God? No! <laughs> no, you would never think that. But, but uh, one time I did. But it's, people will say, oh, I heard from God. I, I've heard a person say, I heard from God from my hairdresser. Now, if you're a hairdresser, God bless you. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're a wonderful, godly person. But I said, well, who's your hairdresser? And they, they described this person. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she is, I mean, she, she's definitely an atheist, but I, God spoke to me through her. I'm like, God didn't speak to you through some atheist. No, you did not hear the word of God. I've heard another person say, God spoke to me through some music. Oh, really? What was it? it was, I was listening to ACDC, and then God's like, no, you didn't hear from God that way. You got to consider the source. I seriously doubt that. Where do we get our confirmations? Primarily, confirmations come from 
solid, mature, godly people. And I really believe that if you're moving forward on something, you need to get confirmations from solid, mature, godly people. And, and it's typically not like, ooh, real super, you know, really supernatural. No, it's just, it's the way God set things up. See, these types of things, this type of confirmation comes from solid Christian believers who genuinely love you. And they're also not afraid to tell you the truth. People who are not driven by their emotions and maybe even who have a few miles under their belts. You know what I'm saying? See, that's one of the purposes of Christian fellowship. That's why we come together. That's why we need to get together. That's why we have our brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can lean into each other, learn from each other, hear from God uh, on, on things. You see, confirmations best, they, they best come out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. It really does. Scripture even says that, that we all things are confirmed out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. You see that in Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And, and so, so you're getting people who are grounded in their faith, and, 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 and that's where you can get your confirmation before you even think about asking God for a sign. Uh, and and, and if, if you're afraid to ask that person because you're afraid of what they might say, then the truth is you're probably acting on your emotions. And if you do act on your emotions and you don't confirm, the truth is you may find yourself down the road and God's not blessing what you're doing and God's not honoring it. In fact, the truth is you might even be in rebellion, which is the sin of witchcraft, of witchcraft and that's some really, really scary stuff. Honestly, my heart is sad because I've seen a lot of people turn away from God, uh, even turn away from the church, because what they did is they literally put God to the test. Okay, God, you got to come through now because you told me when they're being belligerent. God told me to do this. God told me to do this. But they're plugging their ears to godly counsel. And they get upset with God because God didn't come through for me. So they just drop out. God doesn't care about me. And the truth is it was never God's plan to begin with. So confirmations come from solid, mature, godly people. And it is critical. I'll tell you a little bit of the story about this church. In no way did I ever want to step out on a limb and get out on a limb and try to do something unless it had been confirmed over and over and over with City Life Church. So just, just give you a little bit of the story here. It was back in 2008. I was pastoring a large church up in Missouri, and, uh, and uh, I felt the Holy Spirit very clearly saying, you need to go back home. You need to go back home because you're going to start something new in the heart of a large city. Uh, we felt that back in 2008 so strong. We felt it for a good year. And people started confirming it. People, I actually had three different confirmations on that where people would come and say, you know what, I think God might be saying that you're supposed to be in the South. It was not like people from my church saying that because they didn't want me to leave. But, but it was like, I, I feel like, God, you're supposed to go South and, and do something in a large city. And, I, I, that's, and that would resonate with me. I'm like, okay, God. But two, three people said that that was a confirmation. And I knew that it was the right thing to do. And so with other confirmations as well, we stepped out onto this journey. And uh, then we found ourselves in two years of waiting. Now, you know what? Going through the waiting time is not as difficult when you know that God has already confirmed that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. So we're down here for this two period, two hour, uh, not two hours. It was definitely two years. <laughs> it felt like five years. But, but I talked a little bit more about that uh, last Sunday, about that two years of waiting and what that was really all about. But then about some, starting something new in the heart of a large city, another confirmation came. My superintendent, who is considered to be kind of like my boss, 
he, uh, he contacted me and said, hey, there's this building in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, there was a church that tried to get started there. It's a church plant that failed, and we're going to sell the property. We're going to make some you know, good money off that property. But I just felt like, you know, God, God brought you down here, and, and he didn't know the impressions that were already on my heart or why exactly I was here. But he said, I really felt like if, Tim, if, if, if you're wanting to take that building and build a church there, then you can do it. But if not, we're, we're going to sell it and and spread the money out to help other churches. And so I said, okay. Um, and we just began praying and investigating. Didn't jump on it. We did not jump on it. Did not jump on it at all. But I received another confirmation and another confirmation. My, my pastor, I, 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 I brought him over here one day. I said, hey, you know, I want you to come over here. And we said, I want you to see it, feel it, sense it. Because if you say this is not God's will, then I'm not doing it. So brought the pastor over here, and I remember the moment we pulled up in front of the building, he said, oh, this is it. You're, yes. Yes, you're supposed to do this. Yes. And with this 100%. And I'm like, okay, that's good. And I got another confirmation, and another confirmation. These came from ministers. These, these came from pastors. I still needed more confirmations. I wasn't satisfied with that. Uh, I mean, more than anything, I had to have Rebecca's confirmation. And, and it didn't take her long at all. She said, downtown Fort Worth? She says, that's just right down the road from Jyoti Garcia's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, there she goes. That's a no-brainer, Tim. That was fun. Yeah, that's part of the fun. Uh, but sometimes you got to lighten up and have a little bit of fun. She says, you know, if we occasionally go have lunch at Jyoti's after, after church, then I think that's good. Of course, that was fun. Like, okay, good. That, that's great. Um, my children, they confirmed. I wouldn't say they were wise scholars of the Word of God, but they, they confirmed it. Um, there was a group of pastors here in Fort Worth who confirmed it. So all these confirmations were happening. So I got my confirmations. But you know what? This was such a big move. I didn't want to do this to my family, and I certainly didn't want to do this and harm people by trying to start something that wasn't God's plan. You understand? <clears throat> So I said, God, Rebecca, I think you remember that day. It was like, God, we're going to walk into this building for the first time and see what it looks like in here. And we got a tour of the building. But if, if this building, if, if this is where we're supposed to be, God, just make it really clear. I mean, let us see things in that building that would be us 100%. We started walking through the building and touring through the building. And this, it was uncanny. Well, a lot of things have changed in this building since then, but it was uncanny because I told the guy who was giving us this tour I said, I feel like you guys have hacked into my computer and stolen building plans that I've used in other buildings uh, because I'm, I'm telling you, details that nobody else would notice, fixtures, little tiny items and details. I would point at things. Remember, I said, look at that, look at that, look at that. That was, that's what we put into our other building, and this, this, and this, and this, and this. It was strange, and Rebecca starts crying, and I'm like, oh, wow. We asked God for a sign. And you know what? God did so. God did so. So, you know, after you've gotten your confirmations, I believe it's okay to ask God for signs when you're uncertain about a huge faith step. Faith step. I really believe that. And I believe that God will give you that assurance when you ask for it. And 
You say, you know, I've got some faith, but I need more. Well, you know what? God will work even just with a little bit of faith. The story of Gideon is a wonderful story, but it proves to us that God will work through anyone. The story goes on and on. It gets really incredible the further we go into this story. But, but here, understand this. If you are called by God, and I, we are all called by God to occupy and do business for God, it doesn't just mean that that's only for the most outgoing or or. The, the people with the super, super, super faith or people who are just really happy all the time. That's not just for them. See, God usually works through believers who come from or look like the least of the least, like Gideon. Remember the scripture we read today? It says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. He never would have blown a trumpet before. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he blew a trumpet, summoning his family to follow him. And the Holy Spirit will empower you and you will be able to do more than you could ever do on your own. And when you feel like you're hiding from the things that scare you the most, like what I talked about last week, understand that, that, that God's Holy Spirit anointing will come on you and he will empower you to tackle it head on. That's what he wants to do for you. As a wrap up today, I want you to look at this statement. It's on the screens. Get it in your hearts. I want you to operate in faith and with powerful anointing so you can occupy, do business for God, do His work like never before because you were meant for this moment. There's no accident you're here. There's no accident you're in this city. There's no accident you're on the face of the earth during this time. Acts 1.8, Jesus, just before He ascended into the clouds, He told His followers, He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses. In other words, you're going to occupy in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they did. And we are at the ends of the earth, which lets us know that they did what they were told to do. And we are to take the baton and continue that. And as you get those confirmations, if you need signs and God gives you those signs, please understand at the end of it all, you'll be able to say, God did so. God did so. God did so. God did so. And he wants to do it for you and for your family and for your home and for your business. God wants to do this. God did so. That's when you cannot take the, take the, the applause yourself. No, no, it's God did so. That's how my God works. That's how the God of Gideon worked. That's how God worked in the New Testament. That's how God works today. I'd love it. Before we have a word of prayer, because I want to pray an empowerment prayer here in just a moment. But if you're here this morning and you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to find that relationship before you walk out this door. Will you please just lock yourself in with God all across this room and online as well. And I want you just to look into your own heart. If you're not serving God, if you're not in right relationship with Him, or maybe you've never even had relationship with Him, now is the time to make things right before you go any further. So I want to give you a chance to do so. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And as I pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to pray it along with me and mean it. But I want to connect my faith with yours. yours. I, want to, I, want to, I want to connect my faith with yours and know that you're praying this along with me. So if you're here in this room, 
and you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ and leave the past behind, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand so I can see your hand, and then you're going to step out. That, that is your big step of faith, just lifting your hand, and then you're going to pray out with me, all right? At the count of three, if you need Jesus today, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand, Fubby, all across this room. Lift your hand. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. If you're online and you want to pray this prayer, you just tell, you just put it in the comments box that you're wanting to pray this prayer and someone's going to pray with you and encourage you as well. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Will you just, just lift this up to the Lord right now? In fact, church, all across this room, will you just stand? I want you just to stand right now. Stand in this moment. If you lifted your hand, pray these words with me. Church, pray these words as well as an encouragement to those who are around you who are giving their lives to Christ right now. Pray this, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Today I make the choice to apply the blood of Jesus to my life. My sin is gone. I am making the choice today to serve you, Jesus, to turn from my old way of living, to leave the past behind, and to go on a new trajectory as I serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, will you give applause to those who gave their lives to Christ right here, right now? Yes. You made the best decision of the day. But church, I'm also going to pray an empowerment prayer for you because the Holy Spirit of God wants to come up on you as well. He wants to give you that clarity of mind. He wants to give you that focus. He is speaking to you. You know, so often we say we just want God to speak to us. No, He is speaking. What we have to do is tune our ears into what He's saying. And God is speaking to you right now. And I want you to receive this prayer. Come on, church, all across this room. Lord, I pray that every person in this room and every person who is hearing me online, God, that they will receive receive just a fresh powerful anointing to occupy like never before to do the work of God to stand firm in the things of God God thank you Lord that these people they were meant for this moment and your hand is upon their lives so I pray for a spirit of breakthrough in their lives in their families in their homes and in their businesses God I pray that every person who's hearing and receiving this prayer that our ears will be open wide hear the word of the Lord and to have the wisdom to have God's word confirmed with even signs following. So God, just do miracles among us. God, we choose to walk in the power of God and not in our own strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, I want us to close. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.